This is The Machine Shop, hosted by Bobby Amo. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode two of The Machine Shop, where we talk special effects, props, all things that lead to creating of all good things in movies. And today I am joined by one of our very own, by the name of Corey Kaufman. How are you, Corey? I'm doing good, man. Just got home a little bit from work, uh, doing my typical 7.30 to 4.30, 7.30 to 5, whatever you want to call it. And uh, no, man, I, you caught me on a good day. Uh, no baseball, uh, no, no son's baseball games or anything obscure. I probably need to kind of tend to my office a little bit more. There's a lot going on. Uh, it's it's kind of chaotic in here. But uh, no, doing good, man. How you up to? Yeah, you doing? I'm I'm doing good. Uh, you you got out of work at time to do this. I was literally eating dinner about five minutes before we started the show. So just so everybody knows, we rushed to get out the good content for you. But I was just happy you were able to come on today. So it's it's great to have you. No, I enjoy it, man. I you know it, it it's really cool being asked to be on a lot of different things and and whether it's my opinion or what people call my expertise. Uh, that that word's a little bit over the top, but uh, yeah, man, I, I'm just happy to be here so well yes it, it it certainly is an expertise to i guess i guess for you say for a level i mean just look at as i can see what you have in the background here that's a pretty damn good expertise to say the least this is just a lot of stuff and uh and i find myself daily just kind of looking at my stuff and going okay what have i what have i looked at uh long enough and and you know now now I'm in like a swap out mode. So I like something for so long and then I swap it out or, you know, I get on uh, another mindset of something. So, but I I try to surround myself in my office, especially I like having all this stuff around me because it helps the creative aspect of things, whether it's physically or digitally, you know, um, it helps a lot. So it's all inspirational. And if I can be surrounded by it and be in my element, it, it helps a lot. So absolutely. And especially for what you do as well. So let's just get right into that. And then we'll go into what that inspiration is. So you have a company called cabin 13 and you guys do props. Uh, do you do all kinds of, why don't you give us a basic rundown of what it is you do and some of the things that you guys have basically in store. Let's start. Sure. Uh, so I am one half of uh, cabin 13 along with Dale Silva. Um, I'm out of uh, Northern Mississippi right now, and he's out of, uh, he's clear in Massachusetts. So um, it's, it's never been any different. We've, you know, we're that far apart, but uh, it's been cool, man. We connected on Instagram a long time ago. It feels like, it feels like 20 years ago. It's probably more like four. Um, and it was right. just, you know, he was working on some projects and then he seen some of the stuff I was doing and you know, we kind of collabed on a few things, uh, starting out. And, uh, when we started working together and, you know, I was feeling a void that he had. And then I was, I started bringing up stuff that I seen that he could do that I couldn't, or at least didn't have time to do. And actually, you know, after about doing that for about six months, we're like, why don't we try to do something, you know, collectively, uh, and, and, and be a unit that people can come to us for props or, or, um, you know, originally kind of started out as like little, uh, uh, resin casted pieces for a, a couple of different, uh, like 
companies uh, in Texas or here and there. And uh, so that's where it kind of started. And uh, I mean, it's just kind of evolved from there. So yeah, cabin 13 is kind of our little, uh, if you will, like baby. <laughs> and uh, so from there, you know, we've, we've uh, done just about everything, um, you know, whether it's been uh, custom uh, sculpted pieces that Dale sculpt, I'll paint or vice versa. Um, or even uh, the, um, you know, we got t-shirt designs, uh, man, it's just, you know, I, I do a lot of the design work right now. And uh, so we got t-shirt designs uh, through T public through our cabin 13. Um, Dale does a lot of sculpted pieces. Um, we do, you know, props in a sense. We've done a couple props for a couple fan films, just small time stuff. Um, and we kind of keep it pretty fluid. We're always hoping that the horror community comes back to us and, and kind of gives us feedback on what they want to see because there's plenty of, uh, and not just horror, you know, probably extreme pop culture, whatever that people, I we want people to come to us and say, Hey, this isn't out there. I wish this had something out there. And so we, we try to fill that void because that's what we got into it for. It was like, well, no one's doing this. Let's do this. No one's doing that. Technically let's do that. And so that's kind of where we started from. And so fast forward three years later, um, still doing it you know dale's working on a ton of sculpts right now and, he, and he's also you know he, he has a full-time job to also so we're doing this as a side gig you know we really wish we could do this full-time um but maybe eventually we will you know it just depends on on uh leaning on everyone out there and the fans and, and the community and uh, maybe eventually we can but right now you know we're you know raising families and and being surrounded by good people in the community and, and trying to give back to the fandom uh, while also, uh, you know, working our nine to fives or whatever you want to call it. So. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, Hey, for, you know, I mean, you guys put out some really great work. Like I said, from what I see through my computer to where you are, it looks great. So the fact that you guys do props, even with a nine to five and raising a family, yeah. anything that to me alongside is, is anything is possible especially when it comes to a hobby and a passion, like you guys like to create this kind of stuff. So, like, all right, so I guess what was the, um, between the two of you, what was one of the first things you guys created as a, as a team, like prop wise or a merchandise? What, what was one of the first things you guys came up with? Honestly, one of the big things that uh, started this process um, is we got asked by this company named Zobi, Z-O-B-I-E, uh, Zobi, right. uh, they're a mystery box company and deal with autographs and props or whatever. And really the biggest project, and it was a really big test for us, I thought, was uh, this company kind of came to us after seeing some of our work. And the first thing they wanted of us wasn't even horror related, really. It was uh, they wanted a Christmas ornament for their box. And, and they kind of like, hey, we're thinking like Star Wars. And so uh, me and Dale talked and Dale actually sculpted out a mini, uh, you know, Han Solo in the uh, it was a carbonite and okay. he sculpted it out. And next thing you know, that company goes, okay, we want like 500 of those. And we're like, Oh, okay. And uh, <laughs> so he sculpted it, you know, molded it. Uh, he was cranking away. Next thing I know I'm getting shipments sent to me from Dale of the, the blank white resin sculpt, like casts of them. Right. And then I'm having to like sand them down a little bit, nuke them. You know, we're not, and me and Dale don't do, that's the thing too. We don't, we don't have a 3d printer. Okay. So he's hand sculpting, uh, hand molding, all that stuff. Send them to me. I'm cleaning them up, you know, and then painting them to look like 
as close as I can. Then we had little hooks and little, you know, and so that was the, the start wasn't even horror related items, right? But that was our big test to really see if we could. And we pushed ourselves after that we were doing uh, replica jaws teeth after that, you know, we sent a box to Zobi of replica jaw, like, you know, teeth like this big, uh, about three or 400 of those, which was like a four by four foot box, you know, sending that to Texas. Um, and so, and it pushed us, you know, to the limit, you know, um, cause we knew what we were capable of. It's like, but when do you fit in the time to do that stuff? Cause you know, a lot of, you know, like you, you know, you've came to us and it's a lot of one-off stuff. You know, we well a printed item here or a cast of this hair there. So that's where it started. But, you know, eventually, um, we dumbed it back a little bit and tried to really focus on the individuals and then, you know, decided for us, we should make a set of like, Hey, let's do 10 of this. And then, you know, show our fans, Hey, we got 10 of these available. That way it's more on our time and we can kind of handle our schedules, our you know typical schedules um, right. as best we can. And because we're, we're busy even outside of that, you know, we're, whether we're giving back to charitable organizations or whatever, um, so we, we, we learned a lot over the last three years and, uh, I wouldn't say we're slowing down. It's just, we're being real, uh, mindful of our time and what we're trying to accomplish now. So, uh, but we're always trying to put that next piece out that people are impressed by, whether it's a, a shirt design, whether it's a, a, co- a custom piece of Freddie, you know, coming out of the, the Elm street house. Uh, and it's, <laughs> It's just, it's just now that we can dictate the time we can put in more effort and make it even more personable to our fans. So, which, which is always great is even as a small company, it's always great when you see a company, which basically is what you two are, no beat around them, but you're a company because you two make this stuff when you have the time, but to see you guys always narrow it down to be like, this is, you know, we're narrowing it like to this, like, so we could dedicate time to this. That's always great to see because then, you know, like, cause you guys do such great quality to see it always pop out really great is always a fantastic thing to see. And that's, Appreciate I think, that. and that's an understatement for you guys. Cause you guys do so well. I ordered bandanas from you guys last year when this pandemic started and I still have them today. And I still tell people where I got them from. That's like, yeah. where'd you get that? It's like, get these guys, you know, it's, yeah. Cause nobody does those. And then everybody started doing, but you guys were one of the first ones that popped up and they're wonderful. They really are. Yeah. And it was, it was really, odd. it was odd timing for a lot of that. We started doing bandanas. They see no people were kind of converting them to the masks with all the, you know, everything going on. And uh, so, yeah, we, we went through them a lot. Now it's slowed down a little bit, but you know, it's, we kind of, we, we put a lot of thought into uh, what sells, what sells and what, you know, what doesn't, I mean, we still got, plenty of stuff, uh, our boxes of stuff, you know, just in case someone hits us back up for a bandana or, uh, a dead headband from Jason lives or you know <laughs> anything like that. So we, we try to keep a small, you know, kind of stockpile of some things, but we also want to make sure that we're always, you know, growing and, and putting out the next piece or, or whatever it is. And if it, if it ends up being a one-off commission, that's still great too. Um, but we try to expand out as much as we can, regardless if it looks like we're going a little bit slower than usual, uh, just cause we don't have the, you know, they've been where they've been on the, on Facebook or social media. We've been busy, uh, making things. So, and that's, that's you know, never, a, never a bad thing. Make right. it as much as you can. It's never a bad thing. Right. So would you guys bring uh prop makers, uh, this being the machine shop, um, I heard that you have some sort of props that have to do with a little movie called Terminator. 
Man, yeah, it's it's weird because I've always honestly I think that I know you can't consider that horror, but I would I would consider Terminator One kind of a sci-fi horror. You know, I I agree with you on that because that has some really good horror aspects in there too. And and you know I I've always had a few pieces here and there. I've always been I've always had my Kenner my Kenner Terminator collection. Okay, every piece that Kenner put out in the in the eighties and nineties toy wise, I've always had. Um, and then when McFarland started putting out their stuff, so, you know, those are, those are just the figures aspect of things, but, you know, outside of doing the Friday the 13th stuff and seeing some really good artists out there that are putting out some good busts, whether it's T1 or T2 lately, you know, I told myself, I, I'd like to kind of take my collection as a whole. Uh, that's mostly Friday the 13th or Ghostbusters or, or wrestling, whatever, and kind of expand a little bit, but also narrow it up. So I got real, it's, you know, quality over quantity. I'm understanding that more now than I did 10 years ago. And so, yeah, the, the stuff right now, um, you know, finding my first, uh, really awesome, authentic pair of gargoyles from T1 (laughs) uh, got a good deal on these, but like seeing what the prices fetch, you know, you really got to be on top of, of when you look for these kinds of things, um, not overpaying because I I'm stingy as, as all get out. So don't get me wrong. Um, I'm never going to pay top dollar for something. I'm just not. If, if, if it means that, uh, that I won't get it, something's going to come along, whether it's eBay, whether it's Facebook marketplace or whether it's a seller that doesn't know what they're selling. You know, someone, the, the person I bought these from had them in Florida. They've been in a box ever since they weren't selling them as they were, they were a Terminator type thing. But when you buy them, they're just sunglasses. When I have in my collection, I'm like, those are, the same make and model that you know Arnold Schwarzenegger wore in T1. Um, but then, you know, even moving into uh, talking with some 3D printers right now, like, I got to put this sucker together, right? So his nice laser-sided gun from T, you know, T1, uh, I got this from Trey Wick Designs. I actually convinced this gentleman to model this out and 3D print it. And now he has it on his website at Trey Wick Designs. And uh, I got to put that sucker together. You know, but once it's together and once I use the graphite paint and put it all together and put a red side in it, another good display piece. Um, but talking with a lot of friends, you, uh, a lot of other guys, um, I collect things that, you know, a lot of people might have stuff like that in their collection, whether it's Terminator, Friday the 13th, whatever. But lately I've been nicknamed Captain Obscure because I start collecting stuff that like, why the hell would you collect that? What, what, what? No one's else is going to have that in their collection. And, and I go, that's why I want it. So one prop mm-hmm. in particular, uh, and I know I'm stuck on T1, you know, um, right now, but uh, that's not, that's not a bad movie to be stuck on. So give it, give it to us. It Let's hear it. I mean, honestly, that was the first rated R movie I ever got uh, or watched, but um, one prop in particular, that's really, uh, I think as a kid, it was something that stuck out to me was in T1, he's going to the first Sarah Connor's house to basically, assassinator well when he pulls up in the station wagon he runs over a truck a little short toy truck which has uh, its own yes. story in the movie so mm-hmm. i took about six months, <laughs> six months to find this damn thing okay and it actually came originally i found out originally that this uh this ertl uh transstar like metal toy right actually had a truck bed on it originally but in the movie it would have been removed probably from overly being played with and you know, literally it's facing this way and the, and the truck or the, sorry, the station wagon runs over it a little bit and you mm-hmm. see it for maybe three seconds of screen time. Yeah. But 
the cool the reason I wanted to get this was the the backstory that this toy truck had with the whole movie where you see the same exact semi later on different color Mm -hmm. and the Terminator is driving the damn thing. And I found out later on that James Cameron was like, I did that on purpose. He was was kind of like a a hint at what's going to come later. And I was like, you know what? That's such a cool story and a cool thing. And I said, you know what? I need to have one. And it took a while to find this. Right. Now I'm not saying that anyone else couldn't find it, but if you find it for the right price, and I think I got yeah. under 20 bucks, but if you want to find one in pristine condition, which the one in the movie wasn't, you're looking at spending 80 to a hundred dollars. Cause these little metal tin toys now from the, they don't, they're not 80s, around. You, you can't see them. They're either not around, they're rusted out or people have them in pristine condition and want a couple hundred dollars for them. Mm-hmm. But you know, my thought is with the props I have, and then hopefully eventually getting uh, what I would call the, the horror bust, of, of Terminator after he gets ran over by the semi truck. Mm-hmm. Once I have that and then put these pieces together, I think that's a nice little shrine. It's not overdoing it, but it's just something that I go, man, I remember that from my childhood and now I get to kind of have it in a sense, always on display. So that's what I'm working towards. I actually sold the Jason bus so I can afford to be, and that's what I was talking about earlier about being able to not just spend the money that you earn every day, but being able to take your collection and decide, once you have a good collection of anything, props, toys, whatever. And, you know, I mean, you can have the biggest collection in the world, but I think for me, it's more of a rotate stuff out. So I'll sell a Friday the 13th item to get enough money to maybe have this awesome T1 bust from England, you know? And so right. that's where I'm at right now is where I really am just rotating stuff out in my collection. So, Basically, because so my wife doesn't get mad at me too. Um, <laughs> yeah, we, we we share an office, so she's like, "Do I get to have any part of this office?" You know, and I'm like, "Well, you know, I I got a lot going on, but uh, <laughs> but that's where I'm at right now, and that's and that's what I love. So like right now, that's my extent of between that and the figures that I've been collecting. Um, you know, the T2 stuff. I'm really hoping to branch out with that and definitely get like the endoskeleton arm. You know that they take from Cyberdyne and the chip and all that and, and start building up that aspect of, of the Terminator stuff, because that was a big influencer with me probably being creative as a kid right. and just being obsessed with like movies and, and sci-fi and robotics and, and all that. So it's those little things growing up that I think I'm like, now I feel like I'm an adult enough where I can like, I, I can have that, you know? I don't have to to draw pictures of it anymore. I mean, I probably will, but (laughs) to have the attainable uh, aspect of it, I'm like, it's just, it's just, it's cool. It's a good conversation piece. And there's a story that's tied into my childhood that I'm like, yeah, this is part of my childhood, you know, and I, it's in tangible form. So. Yeah. I 100% agree, especially the, and by the way, both the gun, when it's done, the fact that you have the truck and when you get the buzz, that's going to be just a cool little display piece to see. Cause I'm the same way. Terminator was a huge influence as me as a child, although I'm way younger, I still grew up with it. I actually, I had like four Terminators come out in my own lifetime, although they're not T1, T2, they're still part of that whole thing. So we figured that out as kids and that's where we went. I have the Terminator two shotgun. Now I don't, it's not a, it's an airsoft gun. So I paid a little penny for it, but it looks legit. Like it looks, so I totally understand that 100%. I mean, as you've seen, I've cosplayed the Terminator. So I think, (laughs) I think that's safe to say, uh, there's a little bit of an influence there as well. So I totally get where you're coming from with that. 
Right. And that's, what's been really cool. And that's, that's something I've always, as a kid wanted to cosplay to the extent, but I knew I'm real particular about my body type, not anyone else's. Like if I, if I feel like I don't look the part, I won't do it until I'm either in the shape I need to be in, or, you know, I want to be able to do stuff justice. And when you did it, you did it justice, you know, and I'm going, I don't know if I'll get to that point, but damn, that was awesome. You know? And so but me as a, me as a fellow cosplayer, I, I, I think I know my limitations. Uh, I'll put it that way. And, uh, but to see other people take the reins of that and really make it their own, it's, it's really impressive. And I think you did a hell of a job. You know, I was really super cool seeing the pictures and then at the convention and then, you know, you run into a guy who's doing, you know, T1000 and it was like, Oh man, that's super dope. So it, it was really cool. Oh, well, thank you very much. You know what the weird part is? I didn't know if I was going to be able to pull it off. So, but I said, well, I want to do it anyway. So I'm like, let's try. I mean, it wasn't easy, but I'm actually more now in more of a Terminator two shape than I was back <laughs> then. So now I'm working on like redoing it and wanting to do it right. So, but thank you very much. I appreciate that very, very much. And that T the T 1000 guy, he's actually a friend of mine. I, I found out like six months before that he was doing it. So I'm like, Oh, so this is going to be perfect timing for the show. Right. So, but, um, all right. So you also mentioned something else there, a cosplayer as well. So let's run that route a little bit here. I have seen pictures of you as Jason and I, one of my favorites you've done. I forget what you call it. What is that? I it's, I think it's your like original concept of Jason. What is the name of that Jason? It is to an extent. Um, and I'll say it's hard to say it's mine because it was my interpretation of what a lot of people, I, the name I think started from hallucination, Jason. That's and, um, you know, I've always wondered out of all the Jason depictions and everything, when he's the dream sequence and the horror sequences in part five, where Jason's not the main antagonist. Um, you know, my thought was like, that's really the only time you see Jason without a face reveal is he's in these dreams. And I keep going, and, you know, doing the research and finding out, okay, well, there, there never was a face to be revealed. You know, there was, it was a hood that was being worn and, and all this. And I'm like, yeah, but damn, imagine what his face would look like. You know, he's, he's dead. It's after part four, it's after the final chapter, but it's a couple years or a few years before Jason lives. Right. So knowing what his face looks like at the end of part four, knowing what his face looks like at the beginning of part six, I really wanted to see if I could tie those together and uh, working with, you know, a couple people and, and a lot of friends that were backing up a, a possibility of a project. We approached uh, Marcio Charlie of Horror Costume Studios with a concept. And, uh, you know, I tinkered around with that concept for like six months and, and working with Marcio. And I'll tell you what, the biggest thing was like working with him for the first time. He's from Brazil. Um, you know, he speaks Portuguese. Uh, it's, it's, it's hard to, you know, work with someone that we both have that disconnect a little bit with some right. dialogue. Mm-hmm. But when he took my, you know, my renderings, my sketches and all that and put together what we called, what we ended up calling hallucination, Jason, um, I originally wanted it as a, a piece, a commission piece just for myself. Right. And, uh, next thing I know, he's like, um, well, that's great. But a lot of people are asking me, I've been posting pictures of it. And then he's like, what do you think about me selling copies? And I'm like, man, you did such an amazing job. I said, I would hate to have this for myself. I, you know, 
I'm right. not that kind of person. And I was like, if you can make money on this, you should make money on this. You're a talented artist, you know, and at the time he was trying to get his name out there, which is hard to get, be out of the country and get your name out in the States. Yes, very much. And honestly, from there, it's just, it's blown up for him, which is really good. And we still work on a bunch, we're working on a couple concepts right now, um, which I can't really talk about just yet, but, um, but he really put it into motion and it allowed us to really just create what was a kind of a hybrid type Jason character on a vision that I had. And a lot of people agreed with, and it's been pretty awesome to see uh, to that extent. And I've really like embraced that character so much where I've wore this hood out. And what I mean by wore it out, like it's, it's probably worn, it's worn out, like worn out. And you know, a lot of people are like, Oh, it's you know, it, like the quality was pristine. But when you're wearing this thing in lakes and rivers mm. and you're sweating in it for eight hours at a time, I, I've wore this thing up and down Memphis in July at four or five hours at a time. So Sweat I sweat, yeah. Sweat, so, dest- sweat destroys yeah. latex, especially so much over time. And and the cool thing is, though, like I've got, like right now, it's probably just going to stay as a, a display piece uh, because I think if I put it back on, I'm just going to end up tearing it up right. um, at this point. But <clears throat> Marcio's working on a silicone version of it right now. I know if I ever needed to get another, this thing is almost two and a half years old, but this has more miles on it than my car does. And my car has 170,000 miles. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what the equivalent is. Like, you know, if, 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 if masks had hour meters on them on terms, in terms of how they're much they're worn, this thing has easily exceeded, you know, two and a half years worth of constant wearing and taking it on, putting it on, stretching over my fat head. Yeah. Um, so it's it's really you know it's really got its uh yeah let's let's take a look at let's take a look at that bad boy back there if you can bring uh, it up i will right now he's wearing he's rocking some coveralls that's okay oh yeah that oh now i will say i remember i i've seen the pictures of it i have seen him that is a a brilliant concept of a between five and six like that really yeah, is I, a brilliant concept. i loved it and, and what's cool is you know given the artist um his own uh direction i mean yeah i'm kind of guiding him with pictures and whatnot but really right. giving him you know saying hey whatever you think you know in terms of this in terms of that and he put in a lot of homework to make sure like the deterioration is actually um relatable to how bodies deteriorate um you know and then really putting in it has everything from the hammer mark everything from up until just before jason lives the history is built into that mask and uh i was real particular about that i wanted the you know the hammer claw mark machete cut you know axe cut eye gout you know all that to really work uh, in a sense with itself and then when he started using acrylic teeth dude i was blown away you know, so he really helped put a lot of things into motion and he's been a really good asset uh, to my cosplaying since then. So I've had hoods and masks from other makers and here and there, but um, he's been the most reliable and consistent uh, as of right now. And I like his pieces the, the most, but, you know, I, I do have other people's pieces here. Uh, I got a really great Brandon Scott Murphy, J- Brandon Scott Murphy, Jason goes to hell piece. Um, uh, John Fuller did a part eight for me that I'm, I'm working on because I sold off all my part eight over a year ago and, 
I have to bring part eight up for a reason though, because now that I'm redoing it again, this kind of goes back to the prop thing. Um, part eight right now is my big, uh, wrap my head around prop Friday the 13th thing. So, you know, I spent the last five years looking for a damn boom box. Okay. <laughs> that I really wanted. That was in Jason take and it's kind of as it gets kicked by you know kane hodder's uh character and all that it took me five years i found it in greece i got a good deal on it found out it was basically brand new in the box from 1981 um bought it got it in and next thing you know i went ahead and uh plugged it in and it worked like it was supposed to and so from there man like between that um i'm doing another uh Another flying V guitar. That's actually a, an actual Gibson Les Paul. Uh, oh, and then I'm working on, yeah. Um, or sorry, not our Gibson flying V, not Les Paul, but a Gibson flying V. Uh, the previous one, yeah. The, well, the previous one I had was kind of a knockoff, but it, my dad uh, put in the time he works for Gibson guitars. He put in the right hardware to make it sound good. So not only was it a kick-ass prop, it's a playable guitar, you know? And so we painted it to match. I had Kane Hodder autograph it. And then one day I just happened to be posting about it after having it for the past couple of years. And the guy offered me money for it and the offer was substantial. And I go, I, I can't not sell it knowing that I could make another one and probably a better one. And so with that, I'm working on that right now. And then I'm actually going to make JJ's little uh, speaker setup that she uses on the deck of the, of the, of the boat. Right. So I went ahead and did all the research, man, and found the, Japanese made speaker setup and little cassette deck that she had. And I'm going to replicate all that. But when that's the thing though, with these props, is it, is it a prop at that time or does it become something so tangible that, you know, when people think props, they think, Oh, that's a, that's a rubber version of the real deal. Or that's a, like a when you get a rub, when you get a, a real machete to a rubber machete like that. Yeah. And so there's things that I know as cosplayers that we can get by with when it comes to props but, you know, like I've had my fair share of all wood machetes or resin casted machetes, and it's good to have those pieces. But, man, when it comes down to it, you need the real deal at some mm-hmm. point. And whether, and whether it's, you know, even if you can't take it to, to a convention, it's just it's that much cooler. You know, um, I've even went to the extent on a couple pieces. I got, I'm working on a whole set of Jason X machetes. Right. Right. And I made a connection with a guy that does plasma cutting. So he does steel fabrication and he, I drew him out and he plasma cut the actual machete. So they're made out of steel, but there's no actual sharp edge on them. Okay. So now when I go do my things, even though they're made out of steel, they're safer than most things. You know, right. Right. No edge. But what I found out as a cosplayer, when you do these events, you do these things that um, if so, if a kid comes up to you or a kid, adult, whatever, if, if they touch the prop and they're like, Oh, that's just not real. It's a problem. I feel like <laughs> it, it is. I mean, it's a mental problem. I mean, it's like, well, I'm doing this for your safety, but when you're in character, let's say as Jason, it's like, you want that aspect of them thinking, Oh, you can't have a real machete, but then you have these a machete or two and you make that, that noise of the metal against metal. And they go, mm-hmm. wait a minute. And yeah. It's like, Oh shit. And then you, you kind of re reenact that fear aspect in it as a cosplayer man i've it it's something like i feed off of because i'm you know as as jason's 
you know this, as Jason, we don't get to talk. We don't get to express our feelings without our emotions mm-hmm. on how we move and then what we have in our hands that we have prop wise, whatever. Right. So try to create that realistic environment, man. It's like, that's just something I really get off on. It, it, it's truly because people just, they think they know what they're getting into until they are right in front of you. And then if you're able to give that, that extra, that little bit extra, it's like bliss. You're just like, Oh, it's perfect. You know, it just works out that well. So, <laughs> but, um, in terms of props, cause I've, there was at one time when I, uh, I was able to walk through a show and probably shouldn't say this, but since it was so long ago that I did walk through a show with a real machete and I somehow got away with it. And, but like you said, that fact that there is, you're able to, if people think it's real, let alone find out it is, is a whole nother animal. It just brings it to, because like you said, us as cosplayers, as Jason's, the, the minute they make the connection, that's it. If yeah. you make a connection to that machete is fake, not necessarily is it over, but you can, you know, you could still redeem with other qualities, sure. but, the, but if you can bring it to life with that machete, it's a beautiful yeah. thing. It really is a beautiful thing. So, but I totally get that because emotions have to come through. That's why I sometimes don't walk around with something because I always say these paws are enough of a prop to get myself in trouble, which has happened twice. Yeah. I'm not afraid Absolutely. to say twice yep. and I'm totally okay with that. So, but, but, uh, so hallucination, Jason, that's one yes, of sir. you, one of my favorites you have done. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me. So I, and I need to see that at a monster mania show now. I know. You, you need and to I, you need to come out I, here to Jersey with us. You got to do it. it. It's it's been a while, man. Because you know I I was really blessed to come out that way uh, during uh, to Pennsylvania originally when the movie did uh, Mid South or uh, sorry Mid South Hell uh, Steel City. Um, TJ invited me out there. Uh, I went out there. I was able to debut my Jason Goes to Hell, and Kane happened to be there. I and saw. So we were, well, it was it was kind of convenient because not only was Kane there, but uh oh, who's that director guy? Who's oh, that director um, guy? Sean Cunningham. Yeah, the guy that hates <laughs> wait, Jason goes to Sean, hell. Wait, Sean uh Cunningham, I believe this proper name. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> there it is. And, uh, and honestly, what what was funny about that was um to have somebody that like hates that movie. But then Kane liked it, you know, and, and other stuff got brought up. But the best thing was the photo op with Kane in my Jason Goes to Hell, which Marcio did the Jason Goes to Hell full face, his interpretation right. of it. Um, it blew Kane away. And not only that, we got to introduce, uh, we actually got to take this to Kane and oh, showcase look at, this thing. Look at that beauty. You know, and when oh. Kane seen this, he goes, where the hell did you get that? And so we were able to have conversation <laughs> with him and be like, yeah, I know. Right. Like you don't get to see one of these just every day. No, you but, don't. Um, what was really neat was when I paid for the photo op, I paid for one photo op with Kane as mm-hmm. Jay, you know, and I was the last one in line for the day. And I stood there and me and Kane took five or six pictures because he wanted to. Right. And it was funny because like the people taking the picture, like, no, he, he, he got one and he goes, yeah, but I want to take some more. And he's like, you want to take more? I'm like, whatever you want. Cause he wanted prints of like, 
he goes, I want to choke you. Or I want, I want, you know, I want that mirror image, the Kane versus Jason goes to hell. And, and it was awesome because me and Kane were actually having normal conversation about like, man, that looks a lot easier to wear than what I had to wear. And can I see it? And so right. I took off the mask. We were, sh- you know, I was showing him everything and he goes, I'd like to have something like that. He goes, that's the only one I haven't done yet. Mm. And so I really like we're, you know, we're trying to get in, in contact with him in the right way. Cause I'd love to me and yeah. Marcio and then everybody to, to get together because it, I think he would really enjoy doing that character. He's already done seven, seven, eight, yep. ten, you know, X pre Uber, Uber now, um, that I think Jason goes to hell is necessary. I, I'd love to see him do that one, but it was a really good conversation, but, um, yeah, man, I'm hoping to get back out. There's a lot of conventions. I, a lot of friends are like, man, I wish you come to Chicago. I wish you come to Pennsylvania. I wish you come to Jersey. And I'm like, damn, man, I, I need some frequent flyer miles or, or just a stomach, a, a 12 hour drive, uh, uh, which I've done. And listen, we will find, because, you know, we'll find places for you to stay. If we got to get you yeah. out here, man, you know, we can do it. Yeah. <laughs> and, but see with that also is, uh, I'm at the point now where I've been kind of, I've been a little bit lazy and I would say like right now I need a good six months to get into Jason shape. And I know people are probably like, what the hell does that mean? Like you can dress up. There's no body shaming. It's like, I get that. But again, like I said earlier, if I feel I'm not doing the character justice, I won't do it. You know, and, I'm the same way as you. If, if it doesn't yeah. look, I, I, so I have to tell this story then real quick. So last yeah. year before all of this hit, I had a Jason ready to roll. I took two test pictures. I threw everything away. <laughs> I looked at, I said, mm-hmm. this looks absolutely terrible. I will not wear this to a show. So I threw it yeah. away. I still have my undersuit with all my pieces that I made, but I, the shirt threw that away. And then I also have the hood from Brandon Scott Murphy. That's still here, obviously, but all the other, sh- I said, throw this away. This looks like absolute shit. I said, I will not put this at a show. So trust me, I get it. If it doesn't look right, it's not going out there. So I totally get where you're coming from. And, and the thing is too, I don't want people to take it the wrong way either. Like when we, when we right. as cosplayers talk about ourselves, we're not some bar that everyone has to attain this level or understanding of what we're doing. That it's, it's our own self-conscious. And I, I, we got total freedom to act and judge ourselves. Yeah. However the hell we want. Like, same with my artwork. Like I can get people that, Oh, it's so awesome. It's all whatever. That's fine. But like, if I don't think it's good enough, you won't see it. Yeah. And there's reasons behind that. Cause I don't want my work to, in my eyes, diminish the fact, you know, like you can be like, Oh yeah, but that's awesome. It's like, well, here you can have it. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, but yeah, you, you understand as, as, as a cosplayer, like, you know, we got our standards we need to be at. And if I think I can't pull off a certain Jason, like right now, I, I think I'm out of Jason takes Manhattan shape. I'm more of a Jason goes to hell build right now. Okay. So and everyone, I think understands what that means. He's a little bit more bloated. Yeah. Um, no, trust me. I, I, I get, I mean, I'm getting back into the shape now, but trust me, I get it. Cause I, when I put something on, it's like, I'm not overweight, but this just don't feel right. Like, like, like you said, if it doesn't meet our expectations and that's not to say that everybody, like you said, nobody else should be like, Oh, we gotta do it to, do it to your own expectations. We just yeah. so happen to be the nuts that look in the mirror and go, if that one little thing is off, oh, guess what? You got you to gotta redraw that spot. It's got to be done the right way. I've always felt that way. So, I t- again, I get, I get it. Yeah. 
you can't even go and any honestly, further, you know. And honestly, like the the one thing I've been wanting to do right now is is take hallucination, Jason, and I actually posted on my Instagram the other day um, at Mid South underscore Maniac. Um, is uh, I want to do a another hybrid using hallucination, Jason, but do it as a combination of okay. And so I think some people have done this to an extent, but I really want to take it that next step, and I want it to be. Right, right in the beginning of part three, when he's uh, getting ready to pull some clothes off the line, I really want this Ooh. combination of like the overalls, but maybe the green olive shirt underneath it, but really just really tattered up, dirty, and then maybe just wear the hallucination mask, maybe no hockey mask, or if I do a mm-hmm. hockey mask, and I think it needs to be a little bit different, like this one, a little bit different, uh, yeah, than the typical, just because at this point it's great to reenact or replicate movie accurate jasons which there's you understand the reason i use these quotations on accuracy but and that's cool and all but guess what everyone's doing it and now it's like what's what i think is really hitting with the community and the fandom is well take jason out of that franchise context and where can he go what can he look like what can he do i'm not asking you to put him in a damn dress i'm just saying like put him in a different scenario spice it up a little bit make something that goes Oh man, that would have been a cool idea in a movie. Yeah, and, mm-hmm. and and same thing with you, man. I what do you what do you call that, Jason? That you know which one I'm talking about. The one that you do that I love is like that weird Uber mask combination, but it has the classics clothing. Oh, that was you know? okay. The, the, that at the time that didn't have a name, and it actually still doesn't now. But so real quick, that's okay. I, so like what you do, like I always like I like movie accuracy. That's yeah. fine and wonderful. For God's sakes, do it. Yeah. But as I tell everybody, are you in it? And at first, I'm like, well, what do you mean? Am I in it? I'm like, are you in it? Is it you, or are you just trying to be the same thing? You're trying to be what's exactly on screen and I'm not trying to offend anybody for God's sakes. No, do it. But you know, not nine times out of 10, if if I'm going to want to watch what was in the movie, I'm going to watch the movie, but that's not to say I would never put somebody down for doing what they did. Sure. If you, if you put it together, it looks great. I'm going to, I'm going to praise you because you did that. I can't do that. I like to make it different. I like to pick things from the movies and be like, I like this. Can we make it mesh with this? If it doesn't mesh, what can to bring it to what I want. So that Jason, I had a thought of like a combination of Jason goes to hell meets Jason X. I liked the Jason X mask, which was made by a guy out in Pennsylvania, crypt keeper nine productions. I've used him for quite a few years now. Uh, the, I tattered up the clothing. I had chains. I had the, the burnt flesh, like Jason goes to hell. And then the Jason X mask with gloves. It was, that's, I called it my Jason Voorhees. Sure. So instead of it like, Oh, this is a pre Uber. I said, this is my Jason voice, which is what any version I have done is what it is. Like I call it like, this is mine. Like this is my interpretation of what I would want as an ultimate Jason. instead of picking like, Oh, this one is no, this one is like, no, this one has a combination of everything. So like my next concept is using the Brandon Scott Murphy hood. And I'm trying to make a Jason mixed as well with like the older and then part nine and after and make like a sequel. Jason goes to hell kind of a Jason. And that, and and that's the thing that I think that would be stupendous, you know, like, because it's not, it's not just the cosplay aspect of it too. Like I think as fans, 
even though there's not meant to be connections between every movie. Right. I love the fact that I like to think, well, why, what happened between eight and nine? You know, yeah, and, and, if I'm come up, and if I come up with a good enough story, guess what? If I can come up with a good enough story between eight and nine, then what am I going to do? There's a chance I may take it to that level and make a Jason that's in between. I don't know. You know, right. Right. I mean, it just, the hallucination. Like I'm, I feel like even though I know where it's at in the, in the, the timeline per se of why I did it originally, this thing I could use with any of the outfits and it would yeah, still you be can. that. And the reason I like doing faced under masks is because you got double reveal. You know, everyone's like, Oh, Jason, Jason, Jason. Then you rip away the hockey mask mm. and people go, Oh shit. Like they just, yeah. they stop and they're like, and that's, and honestly, that's won me a couple cosplay contests because it's like, that's a two for one, you know? And you uh, get the, you get the but, mask and you get the face like, Holy yeah. shit. I didn't know that's what he looked like. I'm like, well, I know, right? It's whatever. And, and, <laughs> yeah. And, and, but people enjoy that. They're like, Oh my God, please put the hockey mask back on. That's disgusting. You know? <laughs> and what's, it was really cool. A side note about most of these masks is the shape of my head and the shape of these masks. Usually there's a lot of, sweat and stuff that pulls up in the chin oh, oh, oh yeah well, most of these most of these have that open mouth right oh so yes they I, do when I, when I feel it sloshing around underneath my chin i'll push down and that and that sweat will rush up and pour out of the mouth and oh. even though it's people go you're disgusting as f and then you know like and i'm like sweet you know that's that's what i wanted i, I want those disgusted reactions because people are like I don't even know what to say. Like they, they, you know, they freak out. So I have had that reaction as well. And the one time that I bent over and the sweat came out, all I heard was, Oh my God, he has water. It's legit. I'm like, Oh, you don't know like what's coming out. Yeah. Right <laughs> but uh, and, I mean, that's the thing I've always wanted to see someone take uh I, you know, I've seen some people do the Savini Jason, but I'd love to see someone do a combination of like a, J, a, a sequel to Jason Goes to Hell. But then maybe if if you're in, in ingenious enough to get it together, like take a vaping pen and some tubing and whatever. Next thing you know, your Jason Goes to Hell is like smoldering the whole time. There's like little fumes coming off of it. Like he right. just showed up from hell. And that's just another idea. But Th that's not something I thought what I always thought of was to have them a little more charred. Charred, yeah. Oh, so, but it, it's, it's but in just, the worst. Just imagine, just imagine walking around and there's little, like it would obviously be water vapor, but imagine it looking like oh. he's fucking smoldering. Like there's yeah. still, you know, that'd be it, dope. You know? Well, now that that, now that that's in my head, I'll tell you right now, I'm going to put you on the spot for when it comes, when it comes time, I'm going to need you. <laughs> uh, uh, it'd be a lot of googling and a lot of figuring it out you know that's that's like, okay it, it's it'd be a cool project we're cosplayers we can figure this stuff yeah, out exactly yeah we do so mr Corey, where can everybody find you if they want to get in contact with you see pictures where's that kind of give us that information for us man um honestly the big the big thing right now um it's i say big but you know i'm i'm well behind a lot of people but uh, uh right now on instagram at uh mid-south underscore maniac Mid-South Maniac. Um, I do have a Facebook presence, same, but I usually just showcase a lot of my stuff on uh, Corey Kaufman on Facebook. And then lately, uh, even on Facebook, is um, I do ghost busting, just Ghostbuster stuff on the side too, which is a little bit more kid-friendly. Gets me into the children's hospitals a lot so I can give back and do the charitable work 
Jason's not being asked to go to a lot of birthday parties or the hospitals, whatever. This is true. I get it. Um, so you can also find me and the Ghostbusters. And sometimes the Ghostbusters and Jason hang out or fight each other at DeSoto County Ghostbusters on Facebook. So, yeah, those are the, the big three right now. And then, um, yeah, man, I, I just try to put it out there and whether it, it's just I want people to enjoy it. You know, and if it means me going to my neighborhood lake and taking a dip as Jason and then, you know, like I've, I've helped a lot of people do a lot of projects where they're school related. I had a girl that wanted to interview Jason because she, she was told she had to interview someone famous in the county. She interviewed Jason Voorhees. <laughs> we made a big production of it, you know, me coming out of the, the lake nearby. Um, right. Yeah, man. Uh, just Mid-South Maniac on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, DeSoto County Ghostbusters on Facebook and Instagram. And then uh, just Corey Kaufman. I, I like to, sh- you know, I put my kid pictures up there. Then I turn around and put a couple Jason pictures, you know, keep it fresh. So. Well, that's what we like to hear. So for everybody who listens to this, please go check out Mr. Corey Kaufman and his company at Cabin 13. Well, I think that that is going to be it for episode two here at the Machine Shop. Again, sorry for connection issues there. So for everybody who wants to find this, please head over to projectladder.net. There's tons more podcasts. You will also see stuff as well involving Mr. Corey Kaufman, as well as others at Project Louder. Check out our podcast of Big Bad Beetle Bros, Box Office Banter. We got Comics and Kaijus, Fatality, Ghoulies Unleashed, The Gore More Podcast, Kirk the Jerton, Joints and Joysticks, Lights, Camera, Exploitation, Rabbit Hole, Rants from the Black Lodge, Somewhat Supernatural, The TG Bowser Power Hour, Two Guys on Friday, Wicked Wednesdays, and Wrestling Ruined. I think I named Damn. all of those in the right Damn. order. So... Kirk the jerk. Well, you know, hey, got to mess up one every once in a while. You know, it happens. I now I realize that I messed it up. So, but so again, catch Corey Kaufman at Mid South Maniac. What was it again? Say it one more time. Mid South yeah, Maniac. Uh, Mid uh, Mid South underscore Maniac on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, Corey Kaufman on Facebook and uh, Soto County Ghostbusters and Cabin Thirteen. Guys, you can't miss him. Go get some stuff from Cabin 13. Give the man some love. Give him and Dale Silva some love. We des- They deserve it. And come over to Project Louder. Check us out. You'll be able to catch me again on Mondays on the Gore and More podcast. And you can find me at Killing Machine Cosplay 93 on Instagram. And you can find me under my regular name on Facebook for those of you who know. And so that is the end of this episode for Machine Shop. Stay tuned. We'll be back to give you another killer episode. Have a good night, guys.